online at crossculture.church. From Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is Crosswalk, a weekly sermon podcast from the pulpit of Cross Culture Church. Thank you for joining us. Now here's this week's message from Cross Culture Church. I love that song. Um, angels let the song begin. Here comes heaven. Here comes heaven. Um, such a cool cool thing how God always aligns the, the worship with what we're going to be talking about. I know it's the Sunday before Christmas, so there's a little bit of that, that understanding, but just consider who God is and what He's done and what He's doing and what He is bringing to pass. It's just, He's so good. He's so good. Um, so, we're going to study in Luke 2 this morning, and then after we study, then, then uh, we'll have Bill come and, and share what God's doing uh, in, um, in Boston at this church plant that we have, but um, I'm just so excited to open his word and to, to hear what his spirit would tell us this morning. So I, I pray that we will have ears to hear and eyes to see um, his son and what he's doing. So um, let's pray and then, and then we'll study. Lord, I thank you for who you are and I thank you that you sent your son. I thank you that you've given us your word in flesh and through the Bible, that we can know you, and we can see your promises, and we can have a, a hope that is, that is a sure foundation because we know that you do what you say you'll do. So Lord, as we open your word and as we unpack and study and listen, fill this place with your spirit, Lord. Push back any, any concerns that would distract from what you're trying to tell each person in the room today. And so, Lord, I, I pray all these knowing that you love us and that you, you want to have a relationship with us. And I know that because I'm praying it in the name of my Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, I've been studying this passage uh, a lot over the last couple weeks in preparation for, for this, and I got a really good illustration of um, being alert and awake be, just this past weekend because uh, we, Katie and I went to visit her family, and we were, um, had some dinner, and we were talking, and then everyone had some other things to do, but we wanted to play a game. So I said, I will, I will set up the game. We're going to be ready. So I, I set up the game, but people were still doing other things. And I was like, you know, I'm a little tired. I've had a long week. It's vacation time. It's Christmas time. And so I'm going to lay down on this little, uh, this little love seat for a little bit. Just, just a few minutes. And <laughs> right as I laid down and I got all cuddled up and was warm, then they all come back in the room. And they're like, okay, we're ready to play the game. And I'm like, oh, but it's so comfortable. <laughs> Normally, I'm like, let's go, let's do it, you know, but I was, I was just tired, and, and so 
I was hemming and hawing, like, oh, I don't know, I'm a little, I'm a little comfortable. And they said, well, we can, we can do other things for 30 minutes, and then we'll come back, just nap for 30 minutes, it'll be great. And three hours later, uh, <laughs> they wake me up so that everyone can go to bed. And uh, <laughs> apparently they'd try to wake me up, but I just, I couldn't hear it, because I was just that, that asleep, and we didn't get to play the game that, I, that we all had wanted to play together. Um, but thinking about being awake or sleeping and, and not aware of things that are going on, I realized that there were some shepherds who were staying up all night. <laughs> I didn't even make it past 8.30. That's what time I fell asleep. But this, these guys were staying up all night to watch their sheep. And so I think, I think that God wants to share something to us about joy, about um, being alert and aware of what he's doing, and um, seeing what God does through times like that, all right? So turn with me to Luke chapter 2. The whole purpose and the whole point of today is reflecting on um, these two points, that it is our hope and it is his glory. It's about our hope and his glory. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So we see these shepherds. Just imagine with me, we've, we have these nativity scenes and we have heard the Christmas story so much, but let's have a story time, okay? So imagine out in the rocky, barely grassy fields of Palestine. It's dark. There's no light pollution because power <laughs> wasn't a thing yet. And so it's just stars and darkness and the light of the stars and the, and the moon. I imagine there's probably a few, a few trees where people are huddled up. The shepherds are watching all the f- flock of sheep that are sleeping. 
And this is something they're very accustomed to. It's, it's very, very quiet. There's not a lot going on. And that's a good thing, because if something's going on at night, then the shepherds are staying awake to identify that. And so it's good that it's a silent night. But all of a sudden, it's very not silent. Suddenly, a light shines and fills the whole place that they're, that they're sitting in. And this angel appears, and, and I'd be surprised. <laughs> they, they see this glowing angel of the Lord and, and the glory of God filling this place. And they are, King James says, sore afraid, but it says they were filled with great fear in the ESV. They're just terrified of this. What is going on? What is this? And the first thing that the angel says is, don't be afraid. I come with good news. <laughs> I'm not coming to, you know, smite you. I'm coming with good news. This is great joy. This is for all people. This is for all of mankind. This is, this is the good news. That unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this is the sign. This is how you'll know. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. And he's going to be lying in a manger. They're like, this is the weirdest experience. <laughs> like, what? They're Jews. They're, they're people who have grown up knowing that there's this Messiah this, that's coming. Christ in Greek means anointed or anointed one. Um, the, that X of the Greek letter C-H, Christos, is um, anointed one, the promised one. Um, Messiah in Hebrew is the anointed one, the promised deliverer. And so they, they knew that Christ the Lord would be coming one day, and they were expectant of this, but child in a manger, that's a little unexpected. And so they hear this news, and they're like, whoa, okay. There's going to be a sign. We can be sure of this. And then the whole space is filled with the multitude of the heavenly hosts. It's the, the sheer vast number of angels and the saints that all um, are singing his praises in the presence of, his, of, of God. And, and they, they sing, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. And then, back to twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> like, whoa, and it says, it says they, they marveled with one another, and then they said, hey, uh, let's go check this out. Let's go see. If you experience that, you'd be like, wow, okay, God can do anything. Let's go find this out. So they go into the city, and all our nativity scenes, they have the star over the stable or the star over the little cave. Um, the star was with the wise men. So part of me kind of wonders, how did they know where, which stable out of this whole small town had the baby? They had to probably knock on some doors. They probably had to ask some people. And by the time that they get there, it's less than a silent night. <laughs> There's, I mean, Imagine knocking on someone's door in the middle of the night and saying, hey, so angels appeared to me, and they said, I'm going to find a baby that's sleeping in a stable. And people would be like, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? You know, and 
I don't know if the shepherds brought their sheep with them, if they left some poor guy that had to watch all the sheep while everyone else checked this out. I don't know. But we don't know that. The Bible doesn't say. But it does say that they did find it. And when they do, it's, it's not so much of a, like, super distant, oh, I'm just, like, kneeling next to my, the crook of my staff and kind of, hmm, Jesus is here. They're like, it's Jesus. It's, the, it's this baby that God said would come. It's, it's real. He's here. Like the angel said, said it, and, and it's here. This is real. It's so much bigger than that. So they started to talk about it. They said when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. There's people, there's other people there. There's other people there, and, and these shepherds are saying, man, An angel told us we'd find a baby just born, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And look, there's a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. God told us this would be and we came and here it is. It's true. It's real. And I love that it has that, that verse that kind of, it's all about the shepherds until this one verse about Mary and then it goes back to the shepherds. She's been expecting this moment for a long time. <laughs> Nine months she's been expecting this. And seeing, wow, God said that I'd have a child. And I'm a virgin. <laughs> and that this would happen. And I've been aware that this has been happening, but now he's born and he's here. And not only, it's, it's not just for me, but He's telling other people about who this child is. He, he's not really the son of Mary. He's, he's the son of God. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they'd heard and seen. It had been told them. So they, they just they can't stop talking about I heard it, and then I saw it, and what we were told is true. What we were told is true. This is so important, y'all, because if we look back through this much of the Bible, of all that we know of history, and all that we know of the people of God, we see a people who had walked with God and strayed from Him for generations and generations and generations. So people who, who began with Adam and Eve and, and who then they walked with God and then they sinned and there was separation between them and God. There was no longer peace between God and man. They were cast out from the garden of paradise and they were sent to live in, in turmoil and, and the struggle of life and they were cursed. And not only that, but there's an enemy out there who's seeking to kill and devour and, and tear apart. And even in their own children, you see their, the first sons already killing one another. 
And it goes from there and you see the promise of God to a single man who then applies to, to his whole family. And then, then you see a people who is put into slavery for no fault of their own and, and the bondage that comes from the evil that men can do to each other. And it's this people who, have said, who as a people, cried out to God saying, you are, you are the God of our ancestors, of our fathers. Will you hear us? Will you hear us? And he heard and he saved them. He brought them out of Egypt. He brought them to the promised land that he told Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and all this. And, and he led them through it with a cloud. And he, they saw his very presence and they, he passed over them with the, the blood and he didn't, he didn't kill their firstborn because they were covered by his protection. And they really believed, and they, every step they took, they saw God working and saw that God was doing what he would say he would do. And this is generations of time that are passing. You know, to, to show up in the promised land hundreds of years later and, and say, we've been telling by word of mouth that God said we would come back here, and here we are. History tells the story. History tells his story. Just look at it. It's so cool. And so you see this people who, who enter the land and then, then they're obeying him and they, they follow him and they're doing what he says to do, but they don't finish the work. And they stray from God and then they're in bondage because of fault of their own <laughs> this time. And and time and time again, and they continue to go back to him, and he continues to have the grace to save them. Each a new generation, each a new people, each seeing for themselves that God does what he says he'll do, and his patience, his goodness, and his kindness extends to them, even though they continue to walk away. And then they see throughout that whole time that his promised presence, they, they see that destroyed. They see the temple destroyed. They see their, their people taken away from the promised land. We've, we've talked about this on a number of Sundays because this is the story that he's given us in his word. But they were back into exile and to, to leave this land of promise, to leave the place that they felt, they were, that they knew that God was there with them. What kind of brokenness is that? And then to, in, in that scenario and in that situation to, to hear by the word of the prophets to be watchful because God was doing something. He was going to restore his people. That he was giving the same promise again, but they had to believe it again. And he did. He saved them. He brought them back. And he did it on the dime of the, the neighboring kingdoms, which is so cool. And they rebuild the temple. And the presence of God is restored. And, and we see the glory of God symbolized in this cloud that led the people. I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit again, but this the cloud that led the people, the, how Moses came down from meeting with 
God on Mount Sinai, which was covered in this cloud, and he had been in the presence of God so much that his face glowed. He brought the law, and the people were taught and told to obey the law of God and to follow their God. We see when Solomon built the temple that the presence of God filled the place, and it was this cloud that was so thick that the priests couldn't even enter. And they rebuilt the temple again, and they see God's presence and His glory restored in the promised land in, the, in Jerusalem, the city of peace. But then they're taken over by another kingdom. Then their kings are destroyed, and then they look around, and the prophets go silent. They're in the promised land, but the presence of God has promised this coming Savior, but they're still not seeing it. 400 years go by. 400 years of knowing that God saves people, that God provides, that God protects and does these good things, but looking around and saying, when is his Messiah coming? They were a people who were told time and time again to be watchful and aware and alert because this promised one, this branch, the stone, is coming. He's going to save his people. He's going to bring peace. He's going to reign eternally. And here these shepherds are. And Israel is, or Palestine, is under the control of the Romans. And there are people that don't control their own kingdom. They're they're not in control. And it's on just a normal night to some normal shepherds, the lowest of the low, that God appears and says, here it is. The moment you've been expecting is here. 400 years and boom, now it is. Here I am. And here I came as a baby. You see, the people of Israel expected a triumphant king to save them, to bring peace to the earth. But it's a baby. It's not a triumphant king. So even in that, there's some more waiting involved, right? It's like, you've got to wait for this baby to grow up. But the shepherds aren't thinking about that. Because all they're thinking is, we just experienced God show up in the heavenly places and and fill the sky. And he said, this is the Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's he going to do next? (laughs) What's he going to do next? They're looking for this restored peace. They're looking for someone to save them. 
And as Jesus grows up and He heals the sick and He walks among the people and He teaches them and He points them back to what it means to follow God and what it means to love other people, what it means to turn the other cheek, what it means to forgive and to be reconciled with other people and to be reconciled with God, to love your neighbor as yourself and to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Um, He grows up and people continue to expect him to grow into this triumphant king that will save them from the Romans or save them from the, the lot that they have in life. Just if only, if only the, the life I have would be better or safer or more protected or, or that I would have an earthly king that I can look to and say, yes, everything is going to be fine and, and we'll be at peace on earth. That's one reason why when he came in on Easter during that period of time, and the triumphal entry, they, they were rejoicing that this, that this king was coming to his own. But he didn't deliver what they hoped for. So they killed him. Y'all, Peter in, in Acts 2 shares this same story that I just shared. And he says, your Savior came to reconcile you to God. It's, always, it's, it's not just a gift of love. It's not just a story of love, but it's a story of reconciliation. It's a story of, of restored relationship that restored peace with God and restored peace with people. And it's through the Son of God literally laying down His life that he, he came and He lived so that He could die for us. Like, that's the whole reason He came. I don't know what's been done to you. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you go through. I don't know what I'll go through. I, don't know. I, I know where I've been and I know what I've experienced, but I know that God has always intended good. I know that He has always done what He promised He would do. And we can look back through the times of history and see that He follows through on what he says he'll do time and time and time again. And when Jesus came, we, we literally don't view time the same. <laughs> Our calendars are built around this. If it's B.C., A.D., or if it's B.C.E., C.E., if it's before the Common Era or if it's the Common Era, our world functions knowing that something changed at 0 AD, at 0 CE. Something changed. But we're not left with that because God has given us a promise 
like this, that, there's a, that he's coming again. And so as the shepherds were alert and awaiting, and, and God appeared, and they were fearful because they realized, whoa, all this has been real. <laughs> There's coming a day. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's literally what Jesus began his ministry preaching. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist said, prepare the way because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus showed up and he didn't say, here I am, y'all. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom is coming. And Jesus is returning as the victorious king because he defeated death. He defeated sin. He defeated brokenness and evil. And He's coming again. And it's going to come like he said. He's going to come on a time when we don't expect it. He's going to come in a way that we're not ready. He's going to come. And when he does, everything will be set right. And in the setting right of things, There's going to be a lot of judgment. There's going to be a lot of unworthiness. The only thing that reconciles people to our King is the Son of God. He came and He died in our place. He showed us that it is through, it's through Love and through forgiveness and through patience and through sitting and eating with people who are less than or who are sinners or sinners because we're all sinners. It's not even quotes. It's just sitting with sinners and, and he defied the boundaries that these people who were supposed to know him when they saw him expected. Our God is he's powerful. (laughs) He's powerful. So these shepherds they're awake They're alert. They're watching for something to happen. And God shows up. And he says it's not something to be afraid of, but come look at what I'm doing. This is where we can start to apply from the, the context of the story, the context of what happened, the context of who the Jews were and life as a whole, and now our context is God told them what to look for. He told them what the sign would be. And then they got a glimpse into heaven. And there are all these visions in in the Bible about people that get these glimpses into heaven. And in the Old Testament, there are all these glimpses of of the throne of God surrounded by all these angels. And it's, it's like, it's holy and it's bright and the light comes off of God. And it's, 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 kind of weird there's in Ezekiel there's this like four angels with multiple faces of a human and ox and an eagle and they have these wheels for feet and they like make this chariot and they're flying around and that there's this square that 
wherever they fly, it's, it's a picture into heaven. And then there's all these angels up there that are worshiping and there's this being on the throne who just exudes light and he looks metallic and, and glorious and wonderful and, and all this stuff. <laughs> and in Matthew 17, we see the transfiguration where Jesus shows this in, in real life and the, the glory of God comes down in this white cloud and people get to see and experience this. And Stephen in the book of Acts views in, into heaven and sees Jesus at the right hand of God um, that because he came down as the Son and then rose again, that he now sits at the right hand of God, though they're the same. Uh, it's like uh, God is God. And he left so that he could be with us always. And he did that by filling us with his Spirit. So I'm given a lot of theology here. This isn't all about the, the story of the shepherds, but, but it is all about the promise. It's all about their hope and the glory that God brought and the fact that he's going to do it again. It says they went in haste together to to find this and they saw it and they made known the saying. They said, look, what God said he would do, he did. That still happens. It happens every single day. But I'm convinced that we miss it a lot. That he has filled every believer with his spirit. He's freed us from sin. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is the counselor. and He he guides us and points us to Be attentive and alert to what he's doing. And if we pay attention, we'll see him doing something. So just this week, in a small way, um, I wanted to hang out with Hillary Epps, and we've been doing martial arts together, and I wanted to do some martial arts. And so I was like, hey, Hillary, let's hang out. I want to do some martial arts together. And he said uh, that he was, wasn't feeling well, that he was a little sick. So um, I was like, okay, I, I get that. But uh, as the day progressed, I was like, you know, I, maybe I should still go by. I'll drop by. And I pulled up into his driveway, and I just thought, hmm, people who are sick need some soup. So, so And it wouldn't go away. I, I sat in the car for a while. I was like, that's just weird. Like, I'm already here. Why would I go and get some soup? But okay, fine. So I, I went to Walmart, and I got some soup, and then I, I was like, well, they're crackers. You've got to have crackers with your chicken noodle soup. And then, and then you've got to have popcorn because you like to watch shows and stuff. And then you've got to have some oranges because vitamin C is good for you. So, but we'll just get 10 bucks of it. We'll just, 10 bucks is just a little bit, and I didn't know why $10 was, it was just that number. I was like, I'll get $10, $10 of stuff. And so I bought it, and I went back up to the driveway. I knocked on his door. He opened it up, and he said, uh, I said, happy sick day, and I just handed it to him. The look on his face was like, what is happening, right? <laughs> like, why are you at my door? Why are you, like, people just don't show up to each other's doors anymore, really. <laughs> so it's, even when it's a friend, it's like, well, why are you here? Uh, 
but I needed to use the restroom, so I was like, hey, I'm going to use the restroom. So I stopped in, and then I just, I closed the door, and I hear him laughing. I'm like, this, what is he laughing about? So I step out of the door, and I'm like, hey, what's so funny? He said, there are $10 of this food in here, aren't there? I was like, yes. <laughs> he said, two hours ago, I prayed, and I said, Lord, you know my heart, and you know my needs. And I just, I need, I need $10 to get to uh, of food to get to Wednesday. Just because of where I am right now, I just, I just need $10 of food to get to Wednesday. I don't feel like leaving the house because I'm sick. And here you show up with $10 of food. Like, it's so cool, guys. That's so small. But there's also a cosmic level of the promise of who God is and what he's said is and what he's doing. And when he says that peace and love and joy in the world comes through self-sacrifice and comes from laying our lives down for our friends and, and really weeping with one another and paying attention to what's going on in the world and when he says all these things like it it's so true and I think during the Christmas season when we're supposed to be very mindful of generosity and joy and giving to others it's hard to give gifts because you like have to really think what's this person need and what do they really want you have to think about someone else <laughs> But Mary treasured up all these things and pondering and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So with all this in mind, I, I want to close by turning to Second Corinthians chapter five. Because God brought the promise on an unassuming night to unassuming shepherds in an unassuming tiny town to teach them that the glory of God and reconciliation and, and peace and good relationship wasn't just for the Jews, but it was for all people. Peace on earth, goodwill toward all. And the Pharisees, we look at them and we're like, ah, oh, they just missed it so much. Because what Jesus was doing was he was taking care of the people that were not seen. Um, there's a common term these days called woke. And to be woke means that you are very aware of injustice and, in, and where, especially of racial injustice, but just injustice in general. And I think that God has had a plan for so long to wake us up to see 
people and ourselves as he sees us and to see that forgiveness is for all. That God wants to have relationship with everyone. He will set all things right. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, not saying, ah, oh, but you had so much sin. Not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Entrusting to his people who have experienced this forgiveness to give that forgiveness and love and and, and justice, and share this good news, this message to the world. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So it's on this Christmas Sunday that I think God wants to extend that offer of reconciliation again, as he always does, but he wants to extend it again. I don't know where you are in relationship with him or in relationship with others or in relationship, even in your opinion with, of yourself. But please, come back to Him. Be reconciled to God. Because it's for our sake that He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that we could become the righteousness of God, so that He could restore us. And he's coming again. We don't know when that day is. But when he does, then all will be set right and peace will finally be here. Peace on earth, goodwill to all will be so real. And heaven is coming. Today is the day. There's no day like the present. So, I'm going to pray, and then um, Bill's going to share some of what the Lord is doing in Boston and how, in response to our, to, in faithful response to what He has called us to do, we, like the shepherds, give testimony to what's going on and what we've seen God do. And then we'll worship. And we'll praise together. And when we, when we do worship, I, I, I pray that 
each of you first confess your sins before the Lord and say, God, you know me. <laughs> you, know, you know everything. You know all of me. Um, show me where I've strayed from you and bring me back to you because I want, I want to follow you. And if you've never had a relationship with the Lord, please come talk to, to Nate or I. We'll be down front. Um, or anyone else that follows him. Um, and if you have in mind your one, or you have in mind your family, or you have in mind the lost world, the people that don't know the message of this hope that comes from Christ, then let's sing these praises and let's pray for the world that, that we would be ready when he comes. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you came, that you showed up to these shepherds and that even in their fear that you said not to be afraid, that you were bringing your good news to the world and that you're making things new. Lord, I, I pray that you help us be ready. I pray that you... Um, I pray that you draw us to yourself and fill us with your spirit. Please forgive us and help us forgive those who have sinned against us. Lord, thank you for this good gift. Thank you for extending your love when we didn't deserve it. And, and even not just extending it, but seeing it through, even, even when we rejected what you said, even when we pushed you away, and even when we put you to death, that you still went through it because you loved us and that you wanted to draw us to yourself. Thank you for defeating sin and death. And Lord, I pray that, you, that your spirit move in us today as we close out this year. Just come, Lord Jesus. We know that your kingdom of heaven is at hand. Help us stay alert and be ready. As Bill comes and he shares, help us rejoice in what you're doing and help us know how better to pray that you'll continue to do what you're doing. And I pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who reigns eternally and is coming again. Amen. We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk. God has invited us to know Him through His Word, the Bible, a perfect record of God's revelation to man and applicable for every area of our lives. And if you're in the Raleigh area, we invite you to be a part of cross-culture worship. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. We're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. Cross-Culture Church, a new church for people like you. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculture.church. Cross-Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross. online at crossculture.church.